episode of The Entertainment Vehicle. I'm your host, Mitch, the chauffeur, and I'm finally getting to the second episode of Moon Knight. Um, I had to rewatch it, and I don't know why, but it was kind of more enjoyable to watch the second time. Now, if you could take a second of your time and just follow the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to, I would really appreciate it. So please and thank you, and without further ado... Stephen Grant wakes up, and he's all scared and relieved because he's not fighting that scary jackal anymore. And he has to check the mirror to see if Mark's still hanging about, and naturally he's not. Basically only when Stephen doesn't want him to be there, uh, it seems anyway. Then Stevie Boy heads into work and sees that they're working on the bathroom he destroyed. Insert poop joke here. Uh, uh, not me. Uh, and he gets his homie at the security desk to watch the cameras, and it just shows Steven crying and running and whatnot. And the security guy, he's kind of funny. He's like, are you crying, mate? And Steve's like, yeah, yeah, a bit, yeah. And then when he's running around and runs into the vase, the dude asks him, he's like, what are you doing, you donut? Which... I may have to steal for my day-to-day roasting. That's that's a good one. He, of course, then gets pulled into the office with HR, and they recommend him to a mental health facility, and then they fire him. And in order to kick the man when he's down, they take his name tag back, which, I don't know, that's symbolism, right? Like, he's confused why Mark's in his head, who he is who he himself is, all that shit, so symbolism, yeah, go Disney, um, then, after getting fired, what does Steven do, go job hunting, celebrate not being at a job he didn't really like, drink his sorrows away, no siree, he of course goes back to the poor busker man and bothers him, and he talks to himself and convinces himself that the busker told him to go check the storage locker, that he had, like, the key for and whatever. So, Steven then gets to a storage facility after an implied search at a bunch of others. And the dude is like, yo, you're the guy with storage number 43, right? I always remember a face. And I wonder if that's some sort of Easter egg, but I have no clue. And I'm not looking, so don't want to be spoiled. Uh, he gets to the storage, and it appears to be a bedroom fit for a king, with a cot and some totes and shit. And then, next to the cot, there is a standard Disney shady person bag. And it's like, got money, gun, passport, all that shit. And he learns Mark's last name, which is Spectre, so he's basically Mark Ghost. And at the bottom of the bag is the Golden Snitch Scarab. And it, like, levitates, and he's like, Whoa, you're like a compass. That was Australian. Uh, but not pointing north. There, that's better. And conveniently, Mark pops into the reflected wall, and they have a little chit-chat. Steven lays down the law, saying, I don't care how bloody handsome you are. Which, you gotta hand it to him. Self-love plus one point. Although, like, the rest of his mentals are like 99 dude's brain is bad he finds out mark slash him is conchu's avatar and he says i ate one piece of steak and went bloody bonkers and (laughs) it happens 
And then he hopes to turn himself in so that the NHS could fill him with enough pills to get rid of Mark, which I'm jelly of. Uh, NHS could fill me with anything, especially pills. To make my brain good? Fuck yeah. Uh, he goes to leave the storage unit, and bang, boom, there's Conshu standing ominously, flickering lights and all, and Steven runs out of the forged facility, scared of shit and stuff. He happens to run out in front of a woman on a bike and take a guess who that woman is. Fucking Layla, the chick from the cell phone in episode one. Wild, right? Um, he jumps on the back and grabs onto her shoulders and she's like, don't hold on to me. No, wait. I can't remember if she has an accent or not, but she's like, he's riding. She says he's riding like a Victorian duchess. Um, then they go back to his place. Let's go. Um, and I'm curious, what the fuck is her jacket? It looks like something the peasants were wearing in a knight's tale. R.I.P. Heath Ledger. Um, but the first thing she asks when they get to his flat is if he lives with someone because of the binding on the bed, which just fully confirms Mark's a kinky boy. Uh, she peruses a little bit more, uh, sees some poetry, and they argue. Oh, this is my favorite poet. No, it's my favorite poet. Well, it was my favorite first, and then, yeah, it wasn't actually that bad, but... She then sees that he's also studying hieroglyphics, and they talk nerd talk about the language structure, and she's like, oh, he's like, oh, look, someone knows their unilaterals, you, which she, um, she doesn't trust him, she's like, hey, you're lying, and that's one of the stupidest tropes of television, even though it's, like, kind of necessary for the story, but, like, just communicate, idiots. I bet if he told her he's been waking up, like, super sore with a dude inside, like, called Mark, telling him he's an avatar for Khonshu, and, like, he's good at fighting, he has no fucking clue what's going on, she would have to be super mad stubborn and not see what was up, but whatever. They have to disagree and not get along for the story, so whatever. Uh, then the cops come, they're like, hey, you stole property. And they detain him after finding his shady bag. And apparently Mark Spector got scarab at a dig site where he zip-tied the people's hands and shot them in the back of the head execution style. Whack. Um, but then instead of going to the precinct, they get to a weird alleyway neighborhood. And like the cops show him their weird scale tattoos on their wrists. And then they just leave him, and he talks to Mark. And I'm I'm not sure, but I'm going to guess that part of getting into this cult is, like, in the initiation or training or whatever, they have to teach them how to display their tattoos menacingly, because another chick does it outside of the car while playing soccer for, like, no reason. And what if an amputee wants to join? Can they not be part of the group because they can't get their tat on the wrist? Like, could they do it with the left arm? What's up? Uh, but then the cult leader man was apparently listening to Steven argue with Mark, and they pull him out of the car, and Arthur drops the brain bomb asking if Khonshu picked him as his avatar, 
because he had a broken mind or because he knew his mind could be broken more easily shivers down your spine and uh, apparently arthur was an avatar too i bet he looked like a creep in the outfit because he's a creepy guy and he tries to pretend the neighborhood place is all Gucci because, like, they learn languages, they have fresh-grown tomatoes, and he just feels comfortable hollering at people across the courtyard. Shut up, bro. Goodness. Uh, we get a few cool Kanshu poses, and he says how he's the real justice. And apparently it's predictable as hell because Arthur knew he was saying that. He's like, nah, bro, Amit is cooler because Kanshu lets people act evil and then punishes them. But Amit is like, hey, you might be naughty later. Let me just murk your ass here and now. And Steven's like, but wait, you might kill kids for something they do in 30 years. And he's like, oh, yeah. In fact, I can't wait to. That's like. Yippee Kai A, sign me up. Layla proceeds to act like a stupid fuck and bring the sacred artifact that they had apparently fought together for a very long time, and she knew it was super important, but she brought it right into the goddamn bad guy's lair. Good fucking moves, Layla, you dunce. She hollers at him to summon the soup and the soup. And he can't, so they run away while Arthur opens up a pretty purple floor lava portal. Because apparently the, the weird cane he has, has a fraction of Amit's power, which includes, but is not limited to, opening weird floor portals. And then, while Layla does the one thing she's good for, kick a dude's ass, another goddamn jackal pops out. And, like, after being in around three life or death sitchies uh and not even trying to fucking put on the suit he finally nails it midair from a fall does like the superhero landing deadpool would be proud however the suit he summoned is not the normal suit it's a dope and dapper white suit with a mask and marks like what the fuck dude you look like a psycho colonel sanders uh and then he's like oh, i think i look what does it say? Quite dashing or some shit like that. Uh, and then the fight against the Jackal steams up again with Layla acting like a fucking idiot again. Trying to fight it with a bottle and then the same bottle just broken. Like, you know about the suit, how it gives him super strength and all that. And you see he's getting his ass kicked. So like, you don't have that. You should just stay back and stay safe. But whatever. Steven's goofy ass then calls the jackal a plugogly coyote. Oh, that's Australian again. Uh, and then he's like, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. His name is Steven with a V. Uh, I don't know what that was. And then he does actually land a solid punch, but then gets royally, gips, gets royally humbled by the jackal. Um... Mark gives him a little pep talk in the reflection of the bus window, and onlookers think he's a fancy drunk having a seizure. And then Mark comes out to play, bringing the OG suit into the fray. I should be a rapper, sheesh. Uh, homeboy is suffering from the Flash Syndrome, where he can't fucking do anything unless his babes yell at him. Like, Moon Knight Season 2 is just gonna have her in earpiece, saying... Suit up, Stephen Mark. Suit up. 
like fucking Candace Patton, Gorgeous Iris. That's that's who it is. Um, but then we get some epic rooftop running and jumping with like the cape and the wind and the moon and the sky. Super aesthetic, real Batman type shit. And he just times it perfectly right where him and the jackal jump off the building, Leroy Jenkins style. And he impales the jackal on some weird ass ground steeple thing and in the throat simultaneously with his little moon blade and then activate and then activate unsummon suit and oh fucking no they lost the scarab if only a certain useless lady didn't bring it to the evil lair and then watch the main bad guy kill a homeless dude for picking it up and then take it and then she just rides away on a motorcycle She's got a lot of making up to do in the series, like, sheesh. Um, Steven and Mark have a little chat, and I'm a little bit confused because it seems like it's, like, mainly Steven's body, but I'm guessing they're gonna do a little twisty twist, and it's gonna end up being mainly Mark's body, and Steven's, like, a fractured personality that he just loves all the things Layla loves because Mark loves her so much that his subconscious created a consciousness that acts like her, but I don't know. It could go either way, honestly. Uh, Mark then beats up Mirror Steven uh, and then gets scolded by Khonshu about Without me, you would be nothing but a corpse. Uh, like, did he just shove Mark's dead brain into Steven's live brain? What the fuck? But, uh, then to end the episode off, they try to beat the bad dudes to Amit's tomb. They go to Egypt. He wakes up drinking broken mirrors. That's about it. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. I want to take a moment to thank a very special person, my first Patreon, the first producer of the show, Jerpinator. All my socials are in my link tree in the show description, plus a link to the Discord for the show. Um, Feel free to join, trying to get some discussions going. That's like half of why I started this podcast. Thank you again for listening. That was another episode of the Entertainment Vehicle. Bye!